Good morning. Grab a cup of coffee. Come join us. Let's all stand up and sing together. This first song is called um, Sanctuary. Let's sing together this morning. we thank you so much for this day and we we thank you for everyone in this room that has come to join together to worship you lord and we raise you high on this morning lord focus our hearts and our minds and get us prepared to worship you lord prepare us for our week ahead and help us just in the coming days to focus only on you when things get rough in your name i pray amen prayers I have trouble I wish wasn't there and I have asked a thousand ways that you would take my pain away that you would take my pain away I am trying to understand
be somebody near you that you don't know. If not, find somebody you don't know and welcome them and speak to one another. And children, come forward to join us here for a few moments of sharing. everybody. All right, this morning um, Ella has something right here in her hand that we brought from our house. I want you to take a, a quick look at it because I'm getting ready to tell you a story, okay? Everybody see it? All right, in the book of Psalms, David asked God to put his tears in a bottle. Do you see that little bottle right there? I call this my tears bottle. They're not real tears, it's just water, but it reminds me of the times that I've cried real tears. Now, I don't know that God keeps our tears in a bottle just like this one, but I do believe that God sees our tears and hears us when we cry. Have you ever cried? Yeah, yeah me too. Of course we all do. Even some of you big, strong boys cry. Even though people might tell you big boys don't cry, it's okay. I've made a list of some things that might have made us cry. Have you ever fallen off your bicycle and hurt yourself so badly that you cried? Oh. Yes, and have you ever slipped and fallen maybe at school or church and you cried not because you were hurt but because you were so embarrassed? Yeah, me too. Have you ever moved somewhere new where maybe you didn't know anybody? I know, that would be sad, wouldn't it? And have you ever moved anywhere or gone anywhere new before where you didn't know anyone and you felt lonely and so you cried then? Have you ever done that? Me too. Mm -hmm. And what about, have you ever had a friend and it was such a good friend that was crying that you just started crying right along with them because they were your good friend? Yeah, me too. Well, I think we all could answer, yes, right. I think we all could answer yes to at least one of these questions. So we all cry, right? Did you know that Jesus has cried too? The shortest verse in the entire Bible says, Jesus wept. Just two, two words, Jesus wept. What are some things that made Jesus cry? There's at least three I'm going to share with you today. The first one, the Bible tells us that Jesus cried when he prayed for others. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears. The second one, the Bible also tells us that Jesus cried when he saw people who were missing out on what God wanted for them. Luke tells us that as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, I wish that even today you would find the way of peace, but now it's too late and peace is hidden from you. And the third one, another time the Bible tells us that Jesus cried when friends of his were hurting. Jesus had a friend named Lazarus who became very sick. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus and asked him to come and heal Lazarus. But when Jesus arrived, Lazarus had already died. The Bible tells us that when Jesus saw Mary weeping because her brother had died, he cried too. That isn't all that Jesus did. Listen to what happened next. Jesus went with Mary and Martha and some others to visit the grave where Lazarus was buried. It was a cave with a large stone across the entrance. When they arrived at the tomb, Jesus said to some of the men who were out there with him, Take away the stone. Then Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out of the grave. I imagine that when he saw that, Mary's tears of sadness turned into tears of joy. We all cry, and I'm glad that we have a Savior who weeps too. I'm glad that he loves us so much that he hurts when we are hurting. He feels our pain. He sees our tears, and who knows? Perhaps he even keeps our tears in a little bottle. Okay? If you'll close your eyes and pray with me. Dear Jesus, it is comforting to know that when we cry, you cry with us. But it is even more comforting to know that you have power over death and the grave, and that one day we will be in heaven with you, and then there will be no more tears. Amen.
it's good to see everybody. <clears throat> no, it's good to see everybody. Glad you're here today. Uh, cry when I'm happy. You lost a kid, Dandy? <laughs> it's good to see you. Glad you could be here for this wonderful day of worship. Um, it's going to be a warm day again, I believe. Um, if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here and do hope that you'll worship with us on many future occasions. Um, we have Sunday school following this hour for all ages, classes for the young and the old. We have our 11 o'clock traditional service in our sanctuary that you're invited to. And today, since we have two different preachers, there will be hopefully two different sermons, unless Bob's is better than mine, in which case I will steal his and preach it over there. Uh, thou shalt not steal, I guess, and borrow. I'll borrow it, Bob. <clears throat> but anyway, it is, uh, it's good to see all of you here today and uh, hope that you'll be back to worship with us again. Aha. Uh -huh. Reminder for the kids, our regular Sunday night program of choir, mission kids, and Bible study continues tonight from 5.30 to 7. Is it me? Okay. I'm hearing a hiss. Now, okay, good. Um, we will meet on our regular scheduled children this week. And we will meet on a regular schedule next week, but will not meet on Easter Sunday. Um, our annual Easter egg hunt extravaganza is planned for Saturday, the 23rd at 2 p.m. No Easter egg hunt is complete without prize eggs. And so Katie Jeter is asking for donations of individually wrapped candy to fill the prize eggs. Candy can be dropped off at the church office or Katie's office anytime. Thank you. Vacation Bible School registration is happening right now. See Katie at the Vacation Bible School table in the back or you can register online at greerchurch.com. I um, want to give you an opportunity to make prayer concerns known and offer your prayer request. Um, if you would raise your hand so we can hand you a prayer card uh, we'll ask you to write something down and we will share your prayer concern in prayer as we join our hearts together in a few moments. Eric Jeter is coming to make an announcement. Greg, can I swap these? On behalf of the Methodist men, I would like to thank everyone who donated, attended, or participated in any way during our yard sale and barbecue Saturday, April 2nd. A special thanks to Keith Clark for his leadership on planning and cooking the barbecue. We were able to raise over $1,500 to benefit the church budget, and we made a $100 donation to UMCOR. Uh, thank you again for all your support in this event, and we look forward to doing another one in the fall. Thanks. You will also be, ah, yes, nice. You will also be um, receiving the registration of attendance pads coming by in a moment. Uh, again, we remind you, if you're not getting our emailed bulletins, uh, you can put your email uh, address there and you will be included on our list. We would be glad to, to do that. This morning, our young people uh, lead incredibly busy lives. Some of them are in sports and in other activities. And so when we were wrapping up the confirmation class, I began asking those five uh, teenagers when they would be together, all of them, on a Sunday morning again to be recognized. And it was sometime in July of 2012, I think. It's just, <clears throat> so um, anyway, we said, well, let's see. What about next week? Yeah, we can do it next week. So we rushed up this a bit. I apologize to grandparents and, and parents who didn't get a lot of advance notice, but we, I did want 
to present the entire class if I could to you and even that has hit a bit of a snag because uh, one of the young people's mother uh, had uh, tonsils removed this week and is not able to be here so I'm sorry about that. But I would like to invite uh, the five young people, Sam Wilson, Josh Tate, Todd Carroll, uh, Kayla Bryant, and Madison Merrill to come here and join me in the front and bring your sheet that I handed you with you, please. Oh, this is going to be fun. Well, I'll start here. I'll start here. Let's see. You, Sam and Josh, if you'll be on this side, and I got it. You'll need it. <laughs> okay. Um, Part of this you'll follow on the um, uh, screen above you and invite you in a few minutes to say a word. I want to say this too. There's a reason I don't invite the parents up and grandparents at this time. And I want you to understand that. This is an adult decision we're calling on them to make. These were baptized and these are about to be baptized. And to this point they've been carried on your backs, your faith. But they've come to a point in their lives where they say, I'm ready to make the faith that I was raised in my own personal faith. That's an adult decision. That's standing up on your own. And so I purposely leave parents in their seats for this as a symbolic way of saying to them and to you all, these are young adults. And as they join the church uh, and as they profess faith in Christ, they receive all the responsibilities um, that go, goes along with being followers of Christ and members of the church. They could serve on any committee that we put them on because they are now adults in the eyes of the church and they are rapidly becoming adults in the eyes of the world, as you know. It uh, doesn't take them long to get through their teenage years. So I wanted to call these things to your attention. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church and incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through confirmation, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. And so to you young people, I now ask you on behalf of the whole church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world, and repent of your sin? If so, will you say, I do? Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, will you say, I do? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord and union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, will you say, I do? According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, will you say, I will? To you in the congregation, do you, as Christ's body, the church reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, will you say, we do? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's help, we will... Is it up there? Join me in saying this. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with the community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust in God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life.
do we have our prayer request ready? told Preacher Bob would be cramping his style a little bit this morning with all we needed to do. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Lord, these are our special prayers for this day, although I'm sure there are many others that are unwritten and unspoken in our hearts. And your spirit who searches our hearts knows our concerns and our prayers. We pray for Betty Foster and David Lanier. We pray for those struggling in their marriage. We pray for our troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for a friend who's lost her mom, for those affected by allergies, for a friend who broke her humerus bone, for safety for Tom Richforth and his team in Afghanistan. We pray for our brother and sister-in-law as they face difficult changes in their lives. We pray for a sister, Carolyn Norton, who is receiving a diagnosis and treatment at Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville. Lord, these are our special prayers. We present them to you as we pray the prayer our Lord taught us saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> I got on a hospital elevator one time with a guy who said he was, his tag said he was a, a nurse anesthetist, big long word. And I said, you and I have a lot in common. And he says, oh, are you also uh, in medicine? And I said, no, I preach and put people to sleep. <clears throat> well, Bob gets to do both. He's <laughs> both a nurse anesthetist. <laughs> Thank you, Arthur. Appreciate it. <laughs> Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day and your blessings and kindness, your mercies, your grace, your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask you this morning that your word be heard in our head and our hearts and be felt that we may go out in this world and be disciples of you. Be with me and God and direct me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My sermon this morning, or instruction, or whatever you want to call it, this comes from the book of Ezekiel, which is in the Old Testament. It's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 15. And it's about the valley of the bones, the dry bones. Now, to give you a little history on what's going on, the Jewish exile by the Chaldeans was in 597 B.C. But when Israel felt as if they had lost everything, lost their nation, lost their people, lost their land, felt lonely and deserted and without things, was in 586 B.C., is what most people say is that's the time of the exile. They didn't have a kingdom. They felt lonely. They were somewhere that they didn't know where, a land they were unfamiliar with. And this all ended in 538 when the Persians overthrew the Chaldeans that took them over. Now, Ezekiel was in Babylon with the exiled people, and he was appointed by God, commissioned by God, to be their spokesperson. He was a priest. He spoke God's word, followed God's commandments, followed the Mosaic law, covenant, and God used him. 
And God used him here, what we're going to read today, if I can get my old man's glasses on. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord God, only you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came to them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal. These bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Oh, bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O, o my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O oh, my people, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place on you on your own soil, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. What this is about is about coming to life. And there's no really need for me to be up here and preach because Arthur just did to these children and for y'all what this is about. It's about coming to life and being alive again. A life in Christ. Coming alive in Christ. And leaving the past behind. Dry bones. A vast multitude of dry bones. A destruction, a devastated army that died and was just left there to wither and just dry out, lifeless. A dry spirit. Do we find ourselves sometimes like that with a dry spirit? Do we find ourselves lifeless, without meaning, without hope? Nothing to reach for, nothing to grab, or just sickness. Is it loss of a job? Is it loss of a spouse? Loss of a child? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Or is it you never heard the word of God? You never exposed to a savior, Jesus Christ? It's that loss of spirit. You have nothing. <coughs> Life circumstances. Circumstances in life that we think we have no control over. We think that someone else is putting us in that spot that we're in. There are circumstances that we're facing in this very day. No, 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 no. Each and every one of us have a choice. 
a free choice to choose what is right and what is wrong. You think about it. Every thought you have every single day, every second, has two parts to it. It can be life or it can be death. Every thought we have can bring you death or it can bring you life. But it's only by the grace of God and His love for us that we can have life. For with that, without that, without God's love, without His Son Jesus Christ, we're these very dry bones without any life, without any hope, without anything to grasp onto. John Wesley, I know I'm going to say something about Methodist theology, but that's all right. You need to know this. John Wesley saw this scripture of resurrection as a threefold resurrection. And number one is the resurrection of the souls from the death of sin to the life of righteousness. His second foe that he saw in this resurrection was a resurrection of the church from an afflicted state to liberty and peace. And his third is a resurrection of the body at the great day, especially the body of believers to life eternal. <coughs> now, resurrection of the souls. We're brought up to life. We're given that breath that Jesus Christ breathes into us to give us life. Where it's sin over here that's keeping us in death and the grasp and of nothingness. How is that done? It's by the grace of God. And we as Methodists believe that God's grace is freely given to us, that we don't have to do anything to deserve it. It's just given to us, and we've had it since day one. And we call that prevenient grace. It's when God's pulling you toward him. He's wooing you. It's kind of like when, you're, when you're, uh, a teenager is like wanting to start dating, and you're like dating, and you're holding hands and getting close to one another. God's getting close. He wants you to come to him. He's pulling you close to him. And we call that prevenient grace. Before. Before. Before what? Before justifying grace. It's the time I say, Lord, I accept you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior who died for my sins on the cross that I shall have eternal life as I believe in you. <coughs> That is kind of akin to being married. You got married. You accepted. You took in. You became one versus being separated. You became one. And as you go through this marriage, and as you go through this journey with Christ on your Christian walk, per se, that's sanctifying grace. And that's when you're living together. You become one. You talk. You communicate, you do things, you hold hands, you love. That's what God wants. There's hope, there's peace, there's joy, there's happiness. That's what God wants. That's that relationship, that deep love relationship, sanctifying grace from now till eternity. Now, in order for your bones to have life, to have skin on them, to become active, to walk around in the valley of the shadow of death, as these bones were doing, you need to become active. 
You need to obtain this grace. You need to get the grace from God. All the love you can get from God. And John Wesley calls that the means of grace. In his sermon, number 16, was his sermon on the means of grace and what the means of grace were and what they meant. <coughs> and in, in, in beginning his sermon, 16, he says that the means of grace are outward signs, words, or actions as ordained of God. The ordinary means of grace are prayer, reading scripture, and the Lord's Supper. Love, freely given by God, grace. To make you whole, to help you to live, to help you to move on through a Christian life that leads to life everlasting. Those are three ordinary means of grace. And you should do them as often as you can. It puts you closer to God. It keeps you in that relationship that's just tight, 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 that nothing can come between you and God. What are the ways means of grace? Serving in your church. Bible study. Serving in your community. Doing what you just said you were going to do for those young children. Doing what you just said you're going to do for your church. Whether it's here in Greer or a church somewhere else. It's a means of grace, a means of love, a means of coming close. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Where does that come from? John 3.16. Do we all know that? We all know what John 3.16 says. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. But what did John 3.17 and on say? Do we skip that? Do we just go with this 316? Because we all know what that says. John 317 on says, Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, not condemned. Sure, we're sinners from birth, before birth, but he's treated we're sinners before we have the chance, not But there comes a time in your life, like these young children just did, gave their life to Christ, that you have to renew your commitment, your covenant to God and to Christ. And what's such a best time to do that than Lent? Right before Christ dies on that cross for your sins and took your place. He's taking your dry bones, my dry bones, and he's raising them up and breathing air into them with the Spirit of God. Are the bones going to live? Are they going to have life? Sometimes, I still got a couple minutes. Sometimes, sometimes in life, and this includes me too, because I'm a sinner just like every one of you. Sometimes in our life, we have to put the Bible down. And you have to get on your knees. And you have to go to the cross. And let that cross of Christ convict you. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that these bones of ours can come to life and breathe in the spirit of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, to be with us and guide us and direct us. Help us to see the need to renew our covenant with you. Be with us and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Join me in our Affirmation of Faith, the Apostles' Creed. Please be seated. I did neglect something real important earlier, and that is next Sunday, Alex Guest gets his Eagle Scout Award, and it's over in Gaffney. And some of us are going to make the pilgrimage to the Holy City to see for ourselves. Also, Ann Dobson is in the hospital following a fall and a broken hip, and um, Logan. Howell is also in the hospital following surgery. Let us worship God now by giving.
in peace, knowing that when your bones get dry and brittle through the difficulties of life, there is one who comes to resurrect us, who looks and says, these bones can live again. And may you experience the resurrection of Christ in your daily lives. Amen. people.